Welcome to the Exit Strategy, your no bullshit guide to divorce with the experienced attorneys from New Direction Family Law and guests that have been there. Unfiltered discussions to help you move from victim to victorious and from bitter to better. Hi, everyone. It's Elizabeth Stevenson with New Direction Family Law. And her law partner, Sarah Hink, also with New Direction Family Law, obviously. Thank you for joining <laughs> us today. We have a repeat guest. Uh, absolutely. So this will be the second time Julian, Dr. Julian Ludlum is going to be joining us. Don't remember our first topic. I believe it was... Evaluations? Custody evaluations. Custody evaluations. That's right. Custody evaluations. And sometimes you might need a custody evaluation if there is perhaps parent alienation going on. Yes, it winds right into our topic today. (laughs) Yes, yes. Today we'll be talking about parent alienation. And I know we see it. We see accusations of it. We see it happen. Not always are the accusations true, but... People throw the word around. It's just generic now so what does it really mean it's a really good question and it honestly has a super fascinating history that i could talk way too long about (laughs) but i and i will a little bit but right you're absolutely right the idea around parental alienation is that one parent is doing things to alienate their child from the other parent saying bad things about the parent not allowing communication restricting access something like that that's all wounded but the term parental alienation is not really a very good term it's not really well-defined like in mm-hmm. literature, but it's become so popular, right? That parents know about it, attorneys know about it. And yeah, it gets thrown about yeah. really easily, mm-hmm. which is kind of bad. Um, the history of it is super fascinating. So <laughs> the guy who coined the term parental alienation, he actually took, uh, it was Richard Gardner in like 1985. He came out with it, parental alienation syndrome. Do you already know this? I, never, I don't remember bit. that. I was a yeah. social worker in a former Oh, yeah. Exactly. So he coined this term. He had no research experience. It was based on nothing but like clinical opinion. He was like a part-time clinical professor on a psychoanalyst. He only based it on his clinical opinions. No research, just his own opinions. And it was horrible. Like he had, it was basically based on, or he had, it was very misogynistic. So he would always say, he actually said 90% of the time, it was mothers alienating a father. It was never, he didn't really think about it the other way. And it was really popular at the time. So very famous cases picked it up, like Woody Allen, Mia Farrow. They actually cited parental alienation syndrome in the case, saying that Mia Farrow was alienating uh, Woody Allen from his children based on false claims of sexual abuse in the documentary. And it got really popular in the court, right? Not, it was never accepted, right, by the psychological community or anybody else, but got really popular in the courts. And even worse, and then I'll stop about the history, <laughs> but even worse, like he had really problematic views on women and child sexual abuse and pedophilia. So he actually, um, he downplayed child sexual abuse and the problem stemmed from, he said the only problem with child sexual abuse, the only reason kids suffer is because of how society reacts to it. He said it was like it served procreative purposes. It was natural. It was, he didn't feel usually fathers obviously should be punished for it. Because he said it was just a normal human behavior. Yeah. He, they said it was widespread. So think about that before you start throwing this accusing yeah, parental Right? right. Like, this is where it came from. And he also thought that if child sexual abuse happened, it was usually the fault of the mother who yeah. wasn't satisfying <laughs> right. the husband. Right. So course. they had to turn to the daughter. So, of course. So, anyway, it was never accepted. It came from really bad roots. So now is, is we there have really better a terms. Thing? Is there, there, 
not you should not be using the term parental alienation. You shouldn't use the term parental alienation syndrome. That was Gardner's thing. I think the thing with parental alienation is that term really stuck. I think mm-hmm. it captures something that parents or, or an attorney maybe latch onto. It's that, and I think because it's a blaming, right? It, in the term alienation, right? One per your mm-hmm. blame is being placed on one. Person, yeah, and that's right? what you say in court. They're alienating the child. Right. The judge is like, you're alienating the child. And that's right. the terms, yeah. simple terms used by us non-doctors, non-researchers. Yeah. I think I don't think we're getting rid of that term, even though the literature is all like, we need better terms. I get it. Yeah. We do, and we have better terms, but it's not going away. So I think that's what is difficult about it. Just simplistic, and it's not well-defined. Mm-hmm. So now what we try to do, instead of just parental alienation, is talk about parental alienating behaviors, because those can be more operationalized or defined yeah. like you can list what those are and that's what we would have to show in court, court. Exactly. To show that's that it's evidence. actually happening just accuse someone of it and expect the court to be like okay i believe you 100 yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah exactly and we do have other terms that are more neutral right so now they recommend things like parent-child contact problems or resist refuse <laughs> dynamics i'm not putting that in my opening or uh, it just doesn't roll <laughs> off the tongue yeah <laughs> Exactly. I'll stand with parental alienation. Keep it simple for the judge. I know, but they are more neutral. They don't assign blame, and I think that's why it maybe why it doesn't work. So we might read those terms used more so in a in the custody evaluation. That's what you probably read a lot about that in an evaluation. Mm -hmm. Instead of we would probably mention parental alienation or that there were allegations of alienation, and then we would talk about the behaviors that we could actually show evidence of. And then we might talk about resist refuse dynamics and things like that and how to remedy that. So what are the behaviors that you would look for? Yeah, so there are a lot of possible, right? There are a lot of possible parental alienating behaviors. It's supposed to be a pattern. If we're going to talk about a parent really doing this, it's not just a couple times, right? It's mm-hmm. to be a pattern of ongoing behavior that alienates the parents. So this could be, right, telling false stories about the parent, negative ones usually, mm-hmm. not communicating the parent with the other parent not allowing access mm-hmm. it can be rigidly adhering to the custody schedule sometimes the custody obviously the custody schedule is good but being really rigid about it mm-hmm. totally inflexible mm-hmm. that's um pretty restricting acting like the other parent is dangerous portraying them as dangerous or scary to the child mm-hmm. they're all things that can make can damage a child's relationship with that mm-hmm. parent so i'm sorry talking a lot that's okay talk as much as you want <laughs> <laughs> so how do you so here's our dilemma that, how do you know this is happening? Because especially for us, I can't say what, nobody knows what that child, what happens in that child when they're with the other parent or the child yeah. says something and it's hearsay. So how do you guys find That's that That's what out? I was thinking. Right. So you just talk for both See? of us. <laughs> Great minds. Uh-huh. So what they say is when, so usually this is in the context of a custody eval, right. mm-hmm. evaluation. What they recommend is that you have, there are a couple of protocols that evaluators can use in that case, right? So Leslie Draws has like a, child resist refuse dynamic checklist with everything list off and then you can you know, i think william austin has like a whole protocol a justification protocol you can go through to see if these behaviors are happening so you do it through interviews you do it through records you talk with both the parents you talk with the kids kids are up kids don't quite know right what parents are or are not supposed to do so they often will say my mom says um daddy is x y whatever x y z or my dad says my mommy that's a pretty clear indicator if the parent is talking poorly about the other parent. Right. Yeah. Again, and some of this you could you can understand in the context of divorce. There's going to be some of that, but when it's a pattern, that's mm-hmm. I think that's a big problem for a child. Yeah, and, and like false allegations, I've heard before that 
a way a child will describe them. Obviously, we're well-versed in this and doctors <laughs> can tell if it's something that was told to the child versus something that the child experienced by the language they use. They use. Right. Yes, oftentimes you'll hear a child say exactly the same thing that the parent says. Right. The parent will say, oh my gosh, my ex is doing all of these things and all the, and you hear the almost the same words come out of the child's mouth. That's a and often the child will talk a lot in detail about the court case, the custody case, right. the things they really shouldn't be involved in, yeah. obviously. It's so hard for us because we can't use what the child says in court unless the child's brought to court, which obviously has its own issues. Right. And so it's how do we get that evidence in? That's our job as attorneys is figuring out how are we going to let the court know this is actually happening? Well, they're a custody value. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah. Right. That's, That's so do you see it, though, does it happen Is it just a pattern throughout the relationship with these two people, or does it really manifest itself more because of the separation and divorce? I think it could happen probably a lot of different ways. And Mm -hmm. what we've really found, and what the literature says, is that we used to think about it very simplistically, right? That it was only, only was this, or it was one or the other. It was either alienation, or there were actually things going on. It couldn't be both. Mm -hmm. And so now we think about it in a much more complex manner and look at it the many ways it can present. What I see the more anecdotally in custody of vows is, you know, the parents may have had some conflict in their marriage mm-hmm. before, but usually this is coming out as a result of sometimes the divorce, sometimes another partner being added mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. dynamic, yeah. the dad gets remarried or the mom gets remarried and things become a little much more conflictual and problematic. And that's, mm-hmm. what I think a lot of times it is around the divorce that it really ramps up. Um, yeah, because if you were together, it's harder to alienate someone that's in the home 100% of the time. And in court, I see it, and the cases that are most strongly presented to the court is when there's actual physical withholding of the children. They're not going to go on the visit, and you have the text messages or communications of just not good reasons why the child shouldn't go on the visit. And right. everyone asks, at what point can the child decide that they don't want to go on the visit, and it's not going to matter? Um, And there's no real special age for that. And the court takes it into consideration. I've seen judges will completely reverse a custody Mm -hmm. schedule. Like, mom, you're withholding the kids. Fine. Dad gets pretty much primary custody because I don't trust you. Yeah. And I think you're doing damage. And then I've seen when the children are older, the judge just giving up. Right. And being like, they are like 16, 17, 14. And we've been in court for the last eight years Mm -hmm. dealing with this and nothing's changed just for their, they can figure it out when they're 18 and we're just going to leave it as is. I think it does become especially hard at those older ages. That's really difficult. And a couple of things to say about, but yeah, I think that age is hard. Yeah. What is a judge going to do? As soon as they're 18, they can make their own decisions about that. And you do want to take their ideas into account. And I think the long, but I do think the longer these problems go on, the more entrenched they become. So I think early, the earlier we can intervene, the better. Yeah, and in one case in particular that comes to my mind, they tried reunification therapy for years. That failed. And I think it's because of the parents' still dynamic. undermining all that. Yeah, yeah, like it's just like the judge at that point was just like, I don't know what else to do. Both of you parents suck. Yeah. Both of right. them. Yeah. And Custody what are we supposed to reversal do? reversal that, like you mentioned, is a, it's a pretty drastic but it's not necessarily a bad, bad one. it's not necessarily a bad solution because really that child probably does need separation from the parent who's doing the alienating yeah and they need to repair that relationship with the other parent and the way to do that is with contact but that in severe cases i can see a custody reversal happening 
guys, it's Jen with New Direction Family Law. And if you've ever known a friend that's gone through some sort of a custody dispute, you can imagine how stressful it is. Or if you've gone through a custody dispute yourself, child custody disputes can be one of the most stressful and exhausting times of divorce for you and your children. You know your children best, and it's important that you know your legal rights and options and have a say in what's in the best interest of your children. At New Direction Family Law, we have over 30 years experience protecting the rights of our clients in child custody matters. We aggressively advocate, we support, and we educate our clients to achieve the best possible outcomes. So if you're going through a child custody matter or you have a loved one that is, let us be strong for you so you can be strong for your children. Give us a call today at 919-719-3470 to schedule an initial consultation or reach out to us via our website at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. The parents who are listening hear this. What are the effects on the children of this behavior by their parents? Oh, I think it's so psychologically, I think it's a really good question. It's so psychologically damaging. And I think about this in a couple of ways. When you have a child thinks about themselves as I'm part mom and part dad, mm-hmm. right? I'm, both of those people are made me. They're part of who I am. And so when a parent is denigrating the other parent, psychologically it's a little about the child too right the child doesn't i'm not saying a child's conscious of that i'm saying that though somehow they know on some level that's their parent it is a hit to self-esteem right right? like that's bad then i must be i'm half bad exactly that was very clear yeah (laughs) so then but yeah we also look at it from like a developmental model or social capital model that each parent brings things Mm -hmm. unique Things to a child's life, to a child's development, has both of those things have value. Parents bring different things. They all, they have different skills. Some have fewer than others, but everybody brings something to that child when they're involved in their life. That each parent does, and that those things have value. So when you remove that from that child or withhold it, restrict it, that's it's damaging. Yeah. You're taking away something that a child has, and it's also so incredibly confusing for a child. Being a pawn like that is really difficult place to be yeah a lot of right. guilt feelings a lot of confusion so really psychologically quite damaging and it's right. lasting damage I tell oh. some people okay when they're 18 over they'll look at the court record and they can see for themselves like what was going on and at that point I'm like what is that 18 or plus yeah. year old gonna think you could be 30 and discover everything your mom said about your dad when you were little was a lie yeah and yeah. then what you're just gonna be all kinds of traumatized but I did it's so funny when you said that you're part of the other the child is part of the parent, and I had a judge, he'll remain nameless, and Joko, that I would never have, would have thought, would think that way and did. And that, I, he probably said that 10 years ago, and I have always lived by that standard personally. Yeah. Because yeah. I divorced when my child was two, and I, that made me think, never say anything bad about that other yeah. parent. And know? I get it, that it's got to be so hard. I have not it, personally experienced it divorce, is very but hard. I get it. Like, you are yeah. so mad, you're hurt, maybe you're betrayed, maybe you're furious, but maybe you're just depressed, yeah. sad. Right. So many emotions with divorce. I get the desire, but it is harmful to a child, child to hear that. Yeah. And it's hurtful at a level well, that they don't even know how to explain. Right. They don't know how to process. It's yeah. really difficult. It's, it's tough when you know, the parent, my client says that they know that it's going on by what their child says to them. And there's no way to really bet. And we have these provisions and court orders that say, oh, you can't speak derogatory about the other parent. Oh, yeah. And I call them like feel good provisions, because how are we really going to prove it unless you have it recorded? Or if you go to the steps to have a custody evaluation, in some cases, it's just not worth having an evaluation done. I get it. Yeah, they're expensive and long. Yeah. 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 And it's just really sad. What tips would you give to the, the other parent, the non-offending 
I don't want to say it that way, but the non-alienating. Right. Uh, we usually use, what is it? We usually use rejected and favored. Okay. So the parent who's favored, you mean what tips for them? They're, yeah. I think other than the basics of watch what you say about mm-hmm. your ex, don't say anything bad, promote the, ideally, right? You want the parent to boost the image of the other parent, yeah. right? That's what you should do, do if you are a parent, a co-parent, right? You should talk good about the parent. Tell good stories if you're going to tell stories at all. If you could manage to tell stories, tell yeah. good ones. Mm-hmm. Boost their image. Be flexible. Promote access. Promote that relationship. Your child benefits from that relationship. Right. You are, if you damage that relationship, you are damaging your child. Parental right. alienation, when it's severe, is considered child abuse. Yeah. So I've said that to some parents, is that when you're alienating your child this much, that's abusive. And that's a, maybe a tough statement. Yeah. But And don't you want your child to have a good dad or a good mom? That's like, what I you always want say. Yeah, At right? the end of the day, you want them to step up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. That you want your child to have as many loving figures Absolutely. in their life as they can. Mm-hmm. And their parents should be there. So. Yeah. And encourage that. But it's hard. Say You're so mad at the other. Yeah, that's what <laughs> oh. I say. Say that shit to your friend. That's what I say. I couldn't. And some parents do have legitimate Concerns about the other parent. Yeah, There's probably. that. It's not, alienation doesn't happen always in a vacuum. Sometimes there are, you can have alienation and you can have problems that with the parent. So maybe a, one parent does have a substance abuse problem, an unmanaged psychological disorder, or maybe there was some abuse and maybe there was yeah. domestic violence. Like there can be legitimate concerns uh, along with alienation, right? So not always are those allegations false. True. Of course. True. Yeah. No, I agree. And with in that, that case, my just bland attorney minds, and it's not alienating the child. You're just keeping them away from danger. But let's get a court order that says that. So yeah. you're not the one doing the withholding right. in the eyes right. of everyone right. else. So what do you have any tips for kids that are that are having to deal with this? Not that kids are listening. You shouldn't be listening to this. <laughs> if you're like, what? <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> that I could talk to my client who is yeah. not the offending client to help their cut child when they're with them. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way to get. That's what I meant. Yes. No, that makes sense. <laughs> I think if a kid is old enough and feels comfortable, I think I would advise them as much as possible to speak up or say, I'm uncomfortable with you talking about mm. my mom or my dad that way. With younger kids, I think it could be really difficult. Yeah. But with older kids, I think you could maybe have a conversation about it or, or a therapist could have a conversation or, right. or like you guys meeting with them could have right. a conversation. But I'd say, it's not okay. I don't like it when you talk about my other parent that way. It hurts my feelings. I love them. I want to have a relationship with them. That might be a tall order for a lot of kids, yeah, I think. But. Tall order for adults. Sometimes. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, so just encourage that relationship with your child's other parent. And you don't have to like it. Yeah, you don't have to like it at the end of the day. Is it hard for you when you, say, you do an evaluation and this is clearly what's going on, and you're just the evaluator? You can't make people do shit. <laughs> I always think I can't, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so do we. I know, right, right, right. right. And sometimes, it's a little, sometimes it's a little shocking, mm-hmm. the degree to what, which the parents will go. Mm-hmm. How And again, I think it stems from feeling very hurt and mm-hmm. angry and betrayed and them maybe having poor relationships in the past and or maybe difficult parents right. themselves. Right. It comes from somewhere, and I can recognize that. But it is shocking sometimes to see what one parent will do, do. to block that other parent. And yeah. it is surprising. Yeah. yeah, and hurtful and harmful. Yeah, it is. I think that's, Sarah and I love what we do, but... Some days it's just, it's hard some days when you see yeah. that and there's nothing, we can't do anything either. It's the man in the black, your woman in the black robe that's going to make the decision. I would say what I do see in these cases though, is that a lot of, most of the time, 
both parents share some of the responsibility mm-hmm. for this. Maybe one parent is doing a lot of the alienating, doing a lot of those behaviors, but the other parent might be doing some as well. Right. Parents often have room for improvement. And maybe one parent did need to step up and do better. Sometimes, again, a parent could be inadequate, maybe was absent before, mm-hmm. maybe wasn't that great of a parent. And so sometimes, you know, that, again, that alienation, I wouldn't talk about it as alienation, I would use the terms like gatekeeping is another one. Yep. Yeah. Are they doing that protective gatekeeping with their child to, if the other parent has been in the past, problematic? Mm-hmm. And so maybe that other parent does need to do the work, whether it's individual therapy or their own work, yeah. to become a better right. parent. So in, in the court, if you're withholding the child, they might file contempt. And the way to show that is the way, was it willful and unjustifiable? So there might be cases where you're withholding the child and it is justifiable. Yes. Yeah. And that actually is the basic question in these cases. Is that restriction justified or not? Right. There are some, it's like you say, if they have a, a substance abuse problem or they're not safe there, that's completely different. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I would say. So what, so at KKJ Psychology if I have somebody and they want help, what can you? What services can you guys? Oh, so so if you're treating the problem, mm-hmm. yeah. So what they recommend for cases that aren't too severe, that are, which is probably the bulk of them. Usually, there's mild to moderate alienating behaviors going on. For that, they usually recommend as soon as possible that you get that. It's like reunification is reunification therapy is one option. Yeah, family therapy can also be an option to repair that relationship between the alienated, mm-hmm. rejected parent and the child. That's the goal. And so family therapy is a way to start. They call it, they start with safe, structured contact. So it's usually in the case, usually in the context of family therapy or reunification mm-hmm. therapy, mm-hmm. start with that. But a lot of times along with that, or sometimes before that, um, there needs to be individual therapy for either parent and or the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because sometimes, right, the problems going on so that there's a lot of emotional dysregulation people can't they can't cope with being together yeah. so sometimes you'll have individual therapy first mm-hmm. to make sure people have the coping skills and aren't like completely dysregulated before they can start right. family therapy that makes yeah. a lot of sense yeah i feel yeah. like everyone needs that but. <laughs> the thing is again maybe i said this already but like delays are usually bad because the longer that problem goes on the more entrenched people get really polarized negative experiences really accumulate and so it just makes things worse. Like the yes. problem just gets really entrenched. Right. And so you want to get to that family therapy stage as soon as possible. That's in those, in most of the cases, that's where you're going to go. Yeah. I do see it get pretty entrenched. Yeah, it does. This is human nature. It's court cases. And yeah. if you can't get into court soon enough, you can't get someone a court order for an eval because yeah. both parents have to agree to work together and to have good, it done. Custody evaluations take forever. Oh my God, I have yeah. one right now that's going on so long. They're for, I mean, they take yeah. a long time. It's I, And I get it. I say it and then I'm part of the problem, right? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> if you're listening out there and you think this might be happening, in, the, the quicker the better to get yeah. in touch with an attorney, attorney. and a, a doctor, psychological evaluation to bring that up to your attorney and look at your options. Yeah. Time is really not on your side because, uh, and especially if you're the rejected parent, get that but really that the favorite parents should really think about this too and also because children switch sometimes so sometimes a child will reject one parent for a while and then flip so even if you're the favorite parent don't think you're yeah they learn the power of manipulation yeah Yeah. (laughs) so maybe the favorite parent right now but may not be tomorrow be careful this is not a strategy or pattern you want your kid to be doing even though it might be working for you right now exactly and just like don't play with people like that (laughs) yeah you don't want your kid learning that right no that's awful 
Thank you so much you. for joining yeah, us today. Course. It's always good to see you guys. And we'll have another good topic, I'm sure, in the future to have I you. I hope sure. so. I'd love to talk. Okay. <laughs> and you can, we'll, we'll list Dr. Julianne's contact information and everything on the website and on the content of this episode. And just as always, ain't, ain't that, that some shit. shit. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. You can visit us at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at the exit strategy underscore podcast or email us at exit strategy at newdirectionfamilylaw.com. We'll be back next time with more no bullshit content about life, divorce, parenting, relationships, and everything in between.